Hello, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from a beautiful, sunny, dry for a change, Key Largo. Yes, it's gorgeous down here right now. We, as we have been for a couple weeks, oh, a couple weeks, we are out of season. It is seasonally slow, let's say. And I'll talk about that a little later. If you're not familiar with the Keys bartender podcast, we are about Keys life bartending. Um, and not necessarily in that order, but today I wanted to talk about garnishes, how important they are, and uh, what they mean, and then talk about things you could do when your bar is slow, and uh, with the garnishes. You know, a lot of times people think, you could think how essential garnishes are to a drink, but in general, when people make their drinks at home, Unless it's like a gin and tonic or a martini, you don't see them cutting up limes and things like that. But we do it in bars because primarily the garnish is more of a visual accoutrement to a drink. So whether you have a lime, lemon, orange, there's tons of different garnishes you can uh, put on it. And there's some drinks that get multiple garnishes. Uh, and the granddaddy of mall, which I'll talk about later, is, you know, it's a, whether it's an ingredient or not. Now, for mojitos, martinis, old fashions, and the like, those garnishes are pretty much essential parts of the cocktail. So, without an olive, a... Martini could be just, well, vodka and vermouth or gin and vermouth. Or matter of fact, the garnish is almost everything in naming it because it's a Gibson is a martini with a pearl onion in it. Which pretty much and it's called a Gibson at that time. A lot of people confuse the Gimlet and the Gibson, but the Gimlet is vodka and lime juice. And so that that also is an essential part of it. It's it's a key ingredient. And the the old um, the old fashioned, you have a cherry and an orange or an orange uh, twist. You know, a lot of times that for some of these craft cocktails, you need to express the peel into the drink, and you can get the essential oils out of it and. It just changes the profile of the drink itself. But it's very important that when you're using that, a lot of times people take like a second, like no second glance to watch what their garnishes look like. At a family restaurant here, we're, we're not that, the place I work... We're not serving high-end cocktails a lot of times, even though we do use high-end liquors. So you have your, we have our, our garnishes cut into wedges. And uh, for the first thing, remember, always wash off your fruit when it comes in because there's a lot of things that go on. They Sometimes they put wax on it to make it shiny and there's chemicals and people were handling it. So it's good to rinse it off, make sure that the decals... Because they put the uh, 
on produce is they put little decals on it, stuff like that. And it's not considered uh, good bartending to leave those decals on. It's kind of gross, too, for people. They don't want paper floating around. And every so often, because there's a lot of things going around your drink well, if you're not careful, you could have pieces of straw covers and everything ending up in drinks. So you want to be as neat as possible when you're making it. But, yes, that garnish, if you think about it, is something that it adds. It's decorative. In some cases, it's an essential part of the drink. And it's also an aromatic. So if you have something that's somewhat aromatic, it actually adds to the drink experience there. It's just like a garnish you would put for... Um, high-end cuisine. If you go to a certain place and they they may have uh, different bits of greenery there. You know, we used to the for their first one used to be oh god parsley. You see parsley on everything, but also you see uh, lemon. Down here in the Keys, it's really interesting with a lot of times when you order tea. And I didn't get that until we got down to the Keys or this far south. People use limes instead of lemons. Up north, we're all about the lemon when it comes to tea. Down here, it's a little more. But you'll find all sorts of garnishes you're going to have. So in a regular bar, you're going to have your uh, lime slices, orange slices, lemon slices, cherries, and you have your olives. You might have... I mean, I haven't been asked for a Gibson in at least six months. And hence, we don't carry pearl onions. It's just not one of those volume things. But if I was at a martini bar, you bet your ass I'd have that. Also, I'd probably have blue cheese stuffed olives or maybe some kind of pepper stuffed olives or some, you know, something craft like garnish. And you also have, you can have pineapple slices, you can have strawberries, strawberries in season. They make a nice garnish. Other things that don't make, you know, berries don't, normal berries don't make really great garnishes, unless you're going to use a spear through it, like a raspberry or a blueberry. You could do all those things. Sometimes you even see bananas for like a banana daiquiri or whatever crazy banana drink you, you're going to try. But it's always important. you got to think of the visualizing when you're putting it. If you have the right type of glass, if you have one of those tall Collins glasses, those garnishes you use may work best as wheels. When I say wheels, you're cutting a bisection through it, cutting a little uh, radius out of it, and you're putting it on the edge. So you have a circle that looks pretty good. Now, if it's an essential part of the drink, I always appreciated the wedge. Because the wedge, you get the best squeeze out of it. Like for a gin and tonic, you could put you could put a lime wheel on it. You might be able to get some juice out of it, but you don't get as much juice out of it as you do as a wedge. So these are things that you have to think about when you're when you're making your drink. Is this more decorative? Or is this, you know, I've seen people put little uh, 
pieces of flour on some of the cocktails. They're not meant to be eaten. It's more for visualization, just like one of those, anything in a coconut or a pineapple. That's decorative. I mean, you could make, obviously, you could make a coconut drink and use the coconut um, meat in it and the coconut milk and to make a cocktail in it. Sure. You don't see it too often. It's just used for decoration, for the, to add the experience. Now, the one thing I have to really talk about with whenever you're talking about garnishes is the Bloody Mary. The Bloody Mary has is a garnish whore. I hate to say it. it's where garnishes go to die because you get your spicy. I, I'm. It sounds like I hate Bloody Marys. I don't. I don't hate Bloody Marys. But there's the garnishes in themselves. It's already tough to make a Bloody Mary because if you really care about a lot of places may use their own. They may purchase pre-purchase their Bloody Mary mix. And I always would suggest, you know, to put a little time in it because you pretty much have all the ingredients handy for a Bloody Mary. What I use for uh, when I make a Bloody Mary is, you know, generally everyone uses about the same 80% of ingredients and then they go and mix it up. Like everyone uses Worcestershire, lemon, uh, hot sauce, all that stuff. But you can make it your own. Now, what really makes it your own nowadays, it seems, with Bloody Marys, is the garnishes that go in there. And if you are an experienced person, if you're a taverner, someone, a bar hound, a, a drinkster, whatever you want to call yourself, and you've been to a, a few bars, you've seen some different Bloody Marys. I don't know if you've seen some of the biggest ones. So you, nowadays, I'm going to talk about some of the ingredients that they have in there. Okay, we go with the traditional ones. You have the lime, the lemon, the olive, the celery stick. That was years ago. That's pretty much everything you would have seen in a Bloody Mary. And then people started putting cheese, you know, little squares of cheese. They would put that in there. And then it became an arms race because you see bacon, asparagus, Carrots, peppers, sausage, cheeseburger, hot dogs, flaming yon, little flaming yon, cut tacos, whole chilies. I should have put the whole chili, jalapenos, all different peppers, onions, which should have been earlier too, uh, onion rings, chicken wings, whole roaster chickens. Did I put the, did I say the whole roaster chicken? Like a a small capon or a Cornish game hen. And they put them in these bowls, and you got soft pretzels, lobsters, crab. I mean, I may have missed something. I may have missed something, but almost anything that you can spear or put on a spit. When I say spit, a stick that you can run through it. People have figured out how to put it into a Bloody Mary. And what they do is, at some of these places you go, that's the meal. That is a meal in itself. They put a a 40, 50-ounce bowl of Bloody Mary. And then you got all this food coming out of it. Um, appetizing or not, you know, I guess your people say, I'm going to have a Bloody Mary. If they're on a diet, I'm just going to have a Bloody Mary. That's all I'm going to have for lunch. 
And, you know, they neglect to say that they're going to be eating a chicken, a lobster, a cheeseburger, and um, two pounds of salad. That's pretty much it. You could, you know, the Bloody Mary will gobble up all your garnishes and all the time that you have. And that's where you're going to end up seeing like $60 Bloody Marys and things like that. Those garnishes that I mentioned... They're not essential to the cocktail. They're essential to the one they make, perhaps. So if you're making, there's one that is really essential with the garnishes, and it's an essential part of the ingredients, that's the mojito. The mojito. It's lime and mint leaves. And what you take, now, it's also, you use the lime and the mint leaf as a garnish also. So I guess... Once it's in the drink, it's not a garnish. When it's on the drink and sitting there and it's unexpressed and anything like that, that's a garnish. If it's inside it, I consider that's an ingredient. And there's a a thing that, there's another rule of thumb. There's some people that come in, depending on how much traffic you have, how much fruit you cut. And it's always going to be lion's share. Most places you go to, it's going to be limes, lemons, then oranges. And if you go through a ton of those, yeah, you can make a little more. But you do not want to get too far ahead on slicing lemons and limes. In a day, they get slimy. There's some buildup. What happens with the citrus acid in these fruits They start breaking down the fruit itself and it becomes slimy. And there's nothing more unappetizing than that. Someone is touching the slimy fruit. So you pretty much want to go have a day's worth. You know, maybe go over a little because you don't want to have to throw out something that's gotten slimy. Or even worse, use it in a drink. Because there's some people that actually like to use those garnishes themselves. Now, when it's more pretty, you may not have the opportunity, but just think about how someone's going to touch it and how they're going to feel when you touch it, right? You don't want it all soft and flaccid piece of fruit. And yes, I use that as a pun talking about fruit, but it is disappointing in many cases if you get my drift. So, be careful with your those garnishes. They may not seem important, but it's important for them to be presentable. Keep them clean. Get the little stickers off them. And make sure you're using the right one. Now, on another note with that, there are ways to substitute. Sometimes we run out of one. If you have a particularly high mojito, mojitos use about three or four, uh, a half a lime in each one, if it's tiny lime, to make a mojito. So if you get about 20, 30 mojitos, you could go through a half a case of limes, one of those small cases of lime, and you can end up not being. So when you don't have lime, there's no mojitos. Unless there's a way you want to say, I'll make a citron mojito, where you can go say, listen, I'm going to use a, a, a limon Bacardi with lemon and uh, mint instead. There's the substance. But otherwise, if you're out of 
If you're out of line, you can't, you can't do that. But you can do a gin and tonic. And you'd say, hey, listen, I, I can make you a gin and tonic, but I'm out of lime. Do you mind a lemon? But a lot of times, <clears throat> when that garnish is essential part, if you don't have it, you're not making it. Let's move on. I want to talk about just a, a brief phenomenon. I didn't notice it in the uh, gym I belong to, but I have friends at work in other bits of the service industry. Let's say the beauty salons and things like that. And down here in the Keys, we have these guys that like to wear these short fisherman shorts. They're kind of pug. And some, sometimes you don't see the young guys wearing. Young guys are more into cargo shorts. Shorts to get closer to the knee. But it's funny with the shorts and the Keys, if you think about it. The older the guys get... It seems the shorter the shorts they wear. And they start eschewing wearing underwear. Now, I never remember a time when I thought it was fashionable to let my, uh, let's, I'm going to be brutal with this, let your nuts hang out. You know, I don't think it's polite. And if some somebody's doing your nails or or something you're sitting and you have, you know, your 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 package is not as tight as it used to be. Perhaps you should start thinking about wearing those those underwear to keep those in. Because I don't think there was there's even in bad pornography, and I've seen a couple of them. There, you know, so often you don't see guys walking around with shorts that just you know, unless obviously. You're walking around and your your Johnson's hanging out, but it's not the Johnson that's hanging out. It's usually they're they're um, I there's no other way to put it. They're old gray shriveled balls hanging out. That's not a good look. And I don't understand. As time goes on, you think you might be wearing a little longer shorts, but they're getting shorter, and they're not wearing underwear. And it's not one of these days. I don't think. Uh, if there is an ulterior motive to saying, I think this young lady would really like to get a glimpse of these. No, she doesn't. Trust me. Dress up. It'll look good. It's a new new fashion statement. Make a resolution that you're going to start wearing underwear and you're going to keep most of your business to yourself. Moving on again. Last night, I filled in on a Sunday. I normally don't work on a Sunday. Uh, that's... One of the nights, I, the nice thing about Sunday night, most people don't want to conduct any business on Sunday night. I used to like that. I used to like having off. I don't have to do any of my notary stuff. I don't feel compelled to do anything, meaning compelled if on a Sunday, I don't feel particularly compelled. And I enjoy being off on a Sunday. I know, you know, in the service industry, people say, well, you got to work when the work's there. Well, Sunday's not really particularly busy for us where we are. Um, Friday, I do work Friday and Saturday night when it is busy. So I did work yesterday. And when uh, there is, when you're working at a restaurant, especially a smaller restaurant, and you're you're keeping the place open, and it's great. You're getting traffic. You just want to be open for your hours. You want to take care of your people and stuff like that. You want to take care of your 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 customers. That's your hours. 
doesn't matter if there's no one there or not. That's when you're open. If you say you're open from 1130 to 9, it's incumbent upon you as a worker, business owner, an establishment in your town. If that's going to be your hours, you stay open. Now, I don't have a compunction about at the end of the day, if there's like 10 minutes left, it's 10 of 9, quarter of 9, no one's in there, closing up a little earlier. Because, you know, no one, the regulars are going to know that, oh, yeah, but we're not going to rush in there like 10 minutes left and, and sit down. And most of them do. Every so often you do get some regulars coming, oh, we, we forgot and all that. But being open, even if you don't have any customers, and we had customers yesterday. But a lot of time I've been in the places and it, changed, it seems to change people's demeanor. Because you have, you have ebbs and flows when it comes to business. Some days are busier. Some days are slower. Some day you work the slow days. You're not going to make much money if you're in the, on the tipping end of the job. Right? You can do whatever you can to try to increase that business. What, what I do is that I post on our social media what our menu is. And it's also a reminder that we're open. Hey, if you need to go a place to eat, here it is. We're open. Here's our menu. But also, there's uh, it's it's really hard to get motivated because when you're not, you don't have people. You really feel maybe you can p- compelled not to work because you're not making money. But it's also you could do th- things like maintenance to make sure that the place is remaining presentable. There's things you could do. You can streamline. You can unclutter. I do find that. Clutter is one of the things, especially to privately owned places, clutter happens in a lot of those restaurants and bars. If you're in a corporate setting, let's say a Chili's, TGI Fridays, I don't know. I don't even know. I think it's still open. Yeah, it's got to still be open. Well, maybe not. But places like that, they probably have whole rule books on what to put on your bar. So you can unclutter it, you can clean up, you can wipe down. When you have customers come in and they're locals, you can spend some more time with them. A lot of times I tell people, I say, listen, I know you like to chat on a Friday and a Saturday when you come in, but that happens to be a busy day. And I'm not ignoring you, I'm just taking care of the customers. And it's very hard, I find it difficult when I have like, a couple orders in front to hold a conversation with someone when people are calling out drinks to me. As soon as I start responding to them, I start dumping that mental list of drinks that I made. So I always say, hey, listen, I'm working this Sunday. If you really want to talk, why don't you come in and hang out? And that's a time you, on those slow days, I like to call it my quality time. When someone comes in, I like to get to know someone a little better, ask them some questions. And if they ask me questions, I'll spend a little time doing it. And also, even though on those slow days, when, um, at least in our place, we start cutting people early. If they say, listen, even it got busy, I said, listen, I'll be, it's not busy at the bar. I don't think the bar and the floor are going to get busy at the same time. If the trends hold up that day, we're just going to have a couple more people. 
So when they send someone home, I say, hey, listen, I know even though I'm working the bar, if I only have like four or five people at the bar and they start getting hit on the floor, I'm there dropping menus, taking drinking orders, making sure their food gets run. It just makes the time go so much quicker, so much quicker for me when they do it. And you're hoping, you're always hoping for an increase of business. And what you're trying to achieve, you know what, is seamless service. So when it's slow, you can spend some more time finding out more things about your regulars, talking to people, doing a little chat. When it gets a little busy, you cut that short. You go and spread some of your labor around in different areas, like on the floor. And it's all about the teamwork creating. But those slow days could be a way for you to get to know the people that you work, start taking care of the things that you need to do for the next day or closing and or learning something new on that day, coming up with a a drink specialty for the next day. But I always enjoy it because, you know, a Sunday is not my normal. I think I'm going to be working next because we have a a worker that's normally work Sunday is not going to be available for at least two weeks. So I work this week. I'm probably going to work next week. I'll probably work the daytime, you know, and I get to work different shifts where different people come in. Well, with the regulars, they seem to show up uh, during midday instead of, you know, happy hour on, on Saturday and Sunday. So I get to see them. And uh, yeah, it sucks sometimes to work a day that you don't, you aren't normally scheduled and used to working. But it's also fun to see something different. I like changing things up. I really do like changing things up. Every so often when they, if they needed a manager and they said a manager come in, I said, well, I kind of like doing that. But I also want, you know, if I'm managing, I, I, I know I'm going to have a bartender. So I can't do the bartending, but I can fill in for them. I can actually get stuff for them, resupply them, uh, make sure the food goes out and do all those things. A lot of people, I never really understood that when, you know, you can have a busy place where you have to manage all the time. You got to keep an eye on it. You got to make sure your people aren't being oversat and things like that. But you just want to be able to aid them too and take pressure off the pressure points where someone is super busy, they have a difficult table, you need to get drinks out, whatever. But something being slow, it could seem, and if you're not doing anything, you're just staring off in the distance, and you're not adding any value to your day, that time could seem interminable. But when you do something new and fun and something, it just invigorates you. Because when you, what do you want to do at the end of the day when you're done? You want to feel as if you accomplished something. And you can accomplish things on those slow days. And that's what we kind of have. We're not open on Monday, so I don't have to worry about that right now. I mean, it could be open. I don't know when July 4th is coming up on these days. No, I don't think. I think that's going to be on a Tuesday this year. But I don't normally work on Tuesdays. And that's not a big day for us here. The keys. I'm getting sidetracked once again. Well, I'd like to uh, wrap this up. I think I've been yapping long enough. I do appreciate 
the bump in the liter, uh, the listenership in recent uh, this month. I think because I've been doing so many episodes, and I like to thank all those listeners I have for some inexplicable inexplicable reason. I have a large following in Spain and Russia. I don't get that, but. Uh, I mean, I guess you're trying to learn English or something like that. I would like it to be other places. I do have Ireland. Ireland's up there. So um, thank you, everyone. I'd like to thank all my regulars for listening, all my friends. I have friends up in Pennsylvania, the southeastern corner, the northeastern corner, the western side. They know who they are. Miss you guys. Miss you. And uh, hope all is well to the... uh, to, my, to you, listener. And please stay on. We're going to be making, we're not going to be making huge changes. I think I'm going to be doing some qualitative changes. We, uh, we will be trying to improve the quality. I've been improving the quality. If you listen to it, I've been running my sound through filters. And I'm actually, this episode is going to have new Entry music, meaning it's not any different from our theme song, but uh, instead of just going cut off like zip, it's going to be fade out. I just figured out. I just figured out how to do the fade again, and it's kind of like the fade that you do in a haircut, but it's not quite that. Well, I got thank you for listening. I will be back, and remember, you older guys. I guess I'm one of the older guys too. I'm one of the older guys too, but I don't. I don't leave, don't leave your junk hanging around for people to see. You know, it's, it's for people, it's request only. If someone needs to see it, you show it to them, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't give that, you know, it's not a feast for the eyes. I, I don't know why I spent so much time talking about it. I just feel uncomfortable about it right now that I spent too much time doing it. Thank you very much and have a great day. Bye.